0: Hey listeners, I'm Adam, and this is Can I Ask You a Question, a podcast where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to share their thoughts on a topic of their choice. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives and hopefully becoming a bit more open minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, feel free to check out the sign up link in this episode's description. Good to go? Good to jump in? Okay. So First question. um, What are your thoughts on whether we should try to find
1: meaning in life or a life purpose? Should we try? Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's look at the other side of that. Should we not try? Okay. What does it look like if we, like, I guess there's different ways of not trying to find meaning, which is like you already have a sense of meaning or you feel like there's an external answer out there that actually is true and exists for you to want to try to find meaning I guess it presupposes that you don't actually think that you have any meaning Um, but I think that that is a journey that we're all on Um, I think there's a whole bunch of different ways that people do that um, which I think would be fun to explore as well So what what does finding meaning mean to you? To me, it actually is more about about creating meaning Um, I think that humans... We have our ability to create meaning, Um, and there's a lot of people in the space looking at this question right now, um, and looking at the different ways that we do create meaning. Um, I think it also changes through our lives. Like One of the theories that I uh, am pretty big into following right now is adult development theory, and so there's a bunch of different psychologists um, and researchers that look at the changes in our lives and our approaches to meaning-making through time, um, and as we grow and learn. Uh, I guess eventually you could say, sort of, from infancy through to being a wise sage or something like that. So,
0: how does it? How does it typically? Like, could you give examples of how it might change throughout life?
1: Yeah. So, I can't speak too much to what children do to find meaning. Um, I'm not sure that that's a big thing on their radar. Um, but generally, I think when you're when you're younger, um, you sort of have meaning given to you externally. So if you're a teenager, your parents are always telling you what to do. When you're thinking about, oh, do I want to go to this university or that university, um, often what goes through your head would be, uh, what does my society want me to do? What is best, basically, on these different um, external sources? What does my peer group expect of me? Um, so it's kind of like your direction in life can be given to you from external sources. And then you start to find your own individual way. And that's when you have this question of, what is my own individual meaning? And I think that this is something that John Verveke talks about in his meaning crisis, um, which is when society stops filling you with, here's what your meaning should be, and you're trying to set out on your own. What kind of institutions do we have to help people find their own meaning or learn to create their own meaning? Um, And I think that that's a stage where modern society is sort of at right now. Um... And the stage that's sort of beyond that is you learn to recognize patterns in the world. Um, and you can sort of take these patterns as meaningful or maybe not meaningful. Um, but you recognize that it's not nihilism. There is no, there's no lack of meaning out there. You know that to save a baby's life would be a good thing. And you know... Um, To have a really rich conversation with your parents seems like a meaningful thing. So there are these things that are out there that are meaningful to us. And those are the kinds of patterns that we learn to pick up on um, as we sort of go through life. Um, I think one of the things is that it's quite atomized. So the different things that people find meaningful are sort of scattered here and there. You're like, why is it meaningful for me to play on this baseball team right now? Oh, I think it might have something to do with all the friends that I'm making or the human connection maybe that's the pattern that I'm picking up over here. But then you're also doing research and um, maybe you're like a scientist doing research and you're like, why does it feel so meaningful for me to do these experiments that I'm doing? Is there something else behind this? I'm picking up on some sense of meaning over here. But how do these two things relate? And I think that that's one of the challenges um, that we don't necessarily have a curriculum to help connect the dots of all these different atomized forms of meaning. And so I think that that's sort of like one of the more middle stages of eco development, um, you could say. Um, yeah. Any thoughts or questions on those first two stages?
0: Um,
1: so I, I'm trying to think through what
0: what is meant by meaning. Is it? Do you see it as like giving your life purpose? Um, I, I'm just trying to think through in my head what it what it means to. Mm-hmm have
1: meaning why is it important to individuals and yeah so i was going to tell you something like well according to john bervicki meaning is relevant relativized or uh realized relevant realized relevance or something like okay Uh, okay um but i don't i don't get that that that's the sense that you're like looking for um i'm not i'm not sure what i'm looking for um and are you thinking are you taking the more like personal frame on this?
0: What do you, what mean? Is it what do you that mean by that? I'm personal?
1: looking for, for meaning or no,
0: just me or people in general. Um, like why is it so obviously finding meaning is a hot topic. I searched on Google, there's three hundred and ninety million <laughs> results. So like why why is it such a hot topic? Is is it because we don't want our lives to feel like they're wasted? Is it because we want to leave a legacy after we die? Like, I'm just trying to think about, like, where this originates from.
1: Mm, Okay. Yeah, I think there's two things that I'm picking up on in here. Um, So you mentioned, like, the dying aspect. I think that that's a really important piece, but I actually personally haven't solved that. There's a couple other um, people in the meaning-making space that at least I've heard one of them. I think it was Daniel Thorsten say uh, one of the most important things is to... um, is to, like, figure out your relationship with death or something like that. Um, and I've heard other people say, like, even in even in the book, um, uh, Mark Mark Manson, um, what's his book? I, I know the name. I can't remember the name of his book. It probably might come It has a swear word me. in it, so I won't say it here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, his last chapter is, like, yeah, the way to... F- like one of the things to find meaning is to do this thing where you're on really high cliffs and it's really scary because you might die huh. um, or do another activity that puts you close to death. So I think that there's something there, but I actually, I don't know. Is it is it about, I've seen things about
0: asking people on their deathbed, like, what are your regrets in life? And is it similar to your point there where you're on the edge of a cliff and it's like, okay, like maybe it triggers you to be like, This is what really matters to me, or I don't know. For instance, the most common thing I think people say on their deathbed is like, "Oh, I, I should have worked less, or I should have spent more time with family. I should have like appreciated things more." It's like very, yeah. Those are some of the common answers, I think.
1: Like it gives you a sense of like putting your life in perspective, almost. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah have you ever come close to dying I don't think so no
0: like it depends how like what you define as close but um no I wouldn't consider I wouldn't consider the closest I probably come to dying was like a lightning bolt striking like 10 feet
1: away from me that happened yeah did you think of anything did you have any thoughts
0: um no
1: no I guess, because it was something that was like so quicker, or yeah, something that you didn't have time to like contemplate it, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's similar for me as well. like I've done some really dangerous things where I'm like i'm I may die. Um, like I went horseback riding with someone who told the instructor that it was that we were all good at horseback riding, and it was my first time, and this is in the Dominican Republic, so I didn't have a helmet on, and we're going down the highway at a full gallop, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm probably just going to die here. And then the very next day we were doing canyoning where we're like going down canyons and like, there's this rock climbing thing where you're probably like 50 feet above a gorge sort of like bouldering across the side of this canyon. And there's a flash flood. Like it just, the skies open up the whole thing and they're like, well, there's no way to go but forward guys. So here we go. And I was like, if I slip, I could actually just die. Um, But again, it was, I didn't have any thoughts of meaning. Okay. I don't think I thought of anything coming back, but like, it might've been the situation, which was, I was with a bunch of other people. There was like excitement and it was like, well, we did survive. And while you're in that moment, you're not thinking about anything other than like making it. Right. Like don't fall off this horse. Right. Yeah.
0: So do you, do you see it, a a finding meeting? Do you see it? Um, relating to the aspect of leaving, uh, leaving some sort of legacy after death, um, how much of it do you see related to that versus not?
1: Um, that doesn't feel like something that I would think about right now, um, but I do want to tie this back actually to like my closer to like close to death experiences. Um, in that back then, I was like in late university. And I did not have the meaning-making capacities that I have now. So I would actually picture that if I was in the same situation, I would make totally different meaning out of those experiences than I did back in the day. Like, I think when I was in university, I actually didn't really have a strong ability to create meaning for myself, which I think is much more different now. Um, Like, now I can point to, like, I had a conversation at a meetup, like, two weeks ago, where there was like nine people in a circle and we were well we were talking about meaning but we were talking about um it was a bunch of people that I hadn't met some people that I had met and because of the way that we were able to frame the conversation it actually feels like a deeply meaningful event in my life now I may forget it in the years to come but I probably won't because I think that things that you attach that like tag of meaningfulness are much more salient and you'll still remember it. So I remember the near-death experiences just because they make good stories. But at the time, I wouldn't describe this as a meaningful part of my life. If I was in the same situation now, I imagine that I would create much more meaning out of that event. Like on the bus ride back from the canyoning thing. Oh, this is going. This is pointing at the next stage of meaning-making rather than just individual meaning-making, but collective meaning-making. When I was on that bus after this like near-death where probably like... 20 of us were like at decent risk, or it could at least be like, yeah, we could have died right here. I would have wanted to have debriefs. I would have wanted to have a bunch of like small group conversations about this. I would have tried to come up with the single narrative that sort of ties all of our experiences together. Because I didn't have any narrative there. And I don't think that there was anyone on that bus with the ability to co-create a meaning from that experience. But it could have been a very rich element to add for our overall relationship to say like, what were you thinking when you're up there? What was that like for you? Tell me about your experience and be like really deeply interested in that. And that's sort of like the next stage of meaning from the individual stage, you go back into a collective sense, but it's the ability for all of you to create meaning. So like the earlier stage that I mentioned, like in, um, in like university high school, your collective gives you the sense of meaning. They're like, this is what meaning is to you. And maybe because you don't have a sense of creating your own meaning, it's like training wheels. But then you move into the individual stage and you realize that you don't want to take other people's meaning. So you have to learn to create meaning on your own. And that's sort of the stage that much of society is in. But when you get out the other side, you have the ability to create meaning for yourself and you begin to like play with creating meaning in a group. So if there's like, four people in a group like one, like our company think better. We had a really good working session where we would go around in a circle and one person would say what they thought. The next person would say what they thought and add on to the first person's, and it would go like that. And in a circle we are creating meaning. So there's like this thing that is in between all of us that we are talking about and is like creating itself. It's not just me saying this is my meaning and somebody else saying this is my meaning. It is this actual act of like creating a meaning amongst people. And I think, and that's sort of where I'm envisioning the next step is sort of at. So
0: what I'm hearing from that experience is that it would, and maybe this is because I'm not familiar with the concept of meaning making and creating meaning. But mm. what I'm hearing from this is you had really good conversations that you enjoyed with others and that others enjoyed. Um, so I'm, I'm maybe wondering to you what is defined as creating meaning? Cause maybe I don't have a grasp yet of, of what that is or.
1: Yeah. Um, so another frame that you can use is sense making is often used in the same breath as meaning making, making sense of something. So it's kind of like random things happen in the world. And from a nihilistic perspective, you could say there's no meaning to any of this. You could also say there's no sense in all of this, which kind of means I see that things are happening, but I'm not tying it together into there's no pattern in this. And so the pattern that we're picking up on when we're making meaning, generally we make narratives. So if three different things happen to me today and I'm not able to create meaning or sense, it feels lost. It feels lonely. You're like, I don't know. I'm out of control. Things are just happening. But when you gain the ability to create a narrative, you say, oh, this person said this, and then this happened at work, and because of that, I was able to like, like, feel a deeper love for my child this evening, or something like this. You tie these points together into a narrative. That is sense-making. We are creating a narrative, and that's sort of like the thing that we're learning to do, um, is to create narratives to tie together these different things in our lives. So you might say... Um, oh yeah, I donated money to uh, a panhandler on the way to work. And if you don't tie that into your narrative, you're like, that wasn't an important thing to me. Or you're telling your story of the day when you come home and you're talking to somebody and you're saying, this was the story of my day, but you don't mention that thing. You haven't woven it into your narrative and it is meaningless. Now, the thing that we can do is you can take that event and talk about it. You can weave that into your narrative. And you can say, and I'm telling you this because... And then you could say you're making up a meaning or you're discovering a meaning. But I would say you're creating a meaning. You create a meaning for that thing that happened as you weave it into your narrative.
0: So if in the evening someone asked me how my day was and I don't bring up giving money to the homeless person, um, you were saying it it would mean that it was a meaningless experience. Um, yeah,
1: you didn't put any meaning into it. You didn't prescribe meaning to that event. So what what does it mean to prescribe
0: meaning to an event? Because to me, maybe like I could ha maybe I had a good interaction with that panhandler. Um or yeah, maybe I had a, a really good interaction with someone throughout the day, but I didn't later talk about it. Um mm-hmm. Does that mean it's not
1: doesn't have meaning? I guess uh, I don't know what do you think about the talking about it, or like to me, the stage would be if it's in my internal story, so maybe I don't need to share my story with someone, but I think sharing my story also sort of adds to the concreteness of the meaning. But yeah, it's like if you thought about the day and you were writing in a journal just to yourself, would you talk about giving money to the panhandler? And you wouldn't just say, I gave money to a panhandler. That's pointing out the the thing in the pattern you would say, and I felt really good about it. And this ties into me as a generous person. So this thing is affecting you and by writing it into your narrative and saying why you're writing it into your narrative is kind of like, this is why it's adding meaning to my life. And this is the meaning that I'm taking. Maybe you give it this huge significance. I have never given money to a panhandler before. And I'm the kind of person that experiments with what this feels like. And so this being the first time, I got this huge rush. And it actually changed what I want to do with my life. You've allowed this external event to affect you. And by reflecting on it, you gave it meaning. And you can give it more meaning by it allowing it to affect you in a greater sense. So, uh, okay, I get it. That okay. feels good. I've never talked about this before. <laughs> this is cool.
0: So is it, is it fair to say that if I end up talking about that experience more and think about why I gave that person money, do I want to give more people in need money, um, less? If I want to have, if I think more about this, talk with people, write about it. So I'm, I'm on board with um, saying that is more meaningful. But I don't know if I would say, even if I never think about it again, that there is no meaning to it. I still view it as an experience. And I still think there's some meaning in it and it might, it might brew or, or later, um, influence how I
1: do something. Yeah. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, so we could almost like riff off of that and say, basically anything that affects you as a human is meaningful to you. Yes. Cause it's affecting you. Yes. And so some things affect you to a little thing like I didn't remember what type of tea I drank yesterday. Was it meaningful? Not very, but it did affect me slightly. Right. Was it caffeinated decaf that probably changed some outcomes of my day, but I don't recognize it as meaningful. And even these people who feel like they have no meaning in life, they're being affected by all the same things that we are. They're just not giving extra weight to these things or acknowledging the effect that things have on them. So, if we tie that can, that thought together with this like self-creation of narrative, which to me feels like extra meaningful, it feels like almost human beings have the ability to look back, reflect on what happened, and pick out things that feel extra salient to them and make them even bigger. They can just add meaning to things. So instead of letting the thing passively affect you, you are now taking an active role in how much a certain activity affects us.
0: Hmm. I'm thinking about whether the, the meaning is in the reflecting versus the original experience. Um, is there meaning in both? Um, is it fair to say to you the majority or more of the meaning, meaning lies in the reflecting on the experience, on the original experience?
1: I think so. Um, yeah, Definitely
0: yeah it yeah. makes sense to me
1: how's that feeling for you um it's
0: i i don't know how i feel about there not being meaning in that original experience but maybe that reflection well that reflection is an experience so um i don't know if this is getting too hard for people to wrap their heads around but <laughs> i feel like there's meaning in in like every everything Um, maybe transitioning a bit, I want to ask you, um, either your own perspective or through what you've read, the relationship between meaning and happiness. Um, have you thought about, or have you seen people say those are similar or different and the relationship between those two?
1: Yeah. Happiness is like, it's a big field. Um, there's a lot of really good research on it now and a lot of good, good books. And meaning is always, is mostly an essential component to at least part of happiness. Um, people can sort of break down happiness. Uh, the most salient way that I've seen it is kind of like there's individual things. Like if you gave me this really nice hot chocolate, I would feel happiness for right now. And then it would fade relatively quickly after I finish this. If I got a raise at my job, that would fill me with this happy feeling for a little bit longer, but it would end up fading away. And if I had a child, my moment to moment happiness may decrease because I'm more stressed, I have a lot more things to do, and I can't do things that are inherently pleasurable for myself right now. But this deeper sense of long-term happiness actually grows. And to me, that is the part that is connected to meaning. Meaning, I think, is that longer-term happiness. And I don't know why I'm drawn to like bring this back to our earlier conversation about no, it's fine. the ability to create meaning can help fill you with more of that deep happiness. So say I'm sipping this hot chocolate, and I know I'm going to think about it all day because this sharing this hot chocolate, and you had a hot chocolate, and we're connecting while we're drinking this hot chocolate... There's now more of these things, and I'm going to self-narrate this and be like, yeah, it was just really nice to have hot chocolate at 6.30 a.m. with Adam. And I've never done that before. I've never had a guest to my house this early in the morning and shared hot chocolate with them. And I'll think about that throughout the day. And rather than it just being an atomized thing of happiness that I feel at one time, I'm drawing it out because it is now woven into my narrative. And so now as I think about my day the hot chocolate is a part of it. When I think about my week, that hot chocolate is a part of it. And when you and I meet up at the next effective altruism meetup, like we now have this meaningful thing that we're sharing, which is like, we shared a nice hot chocolate. We didn't actually for readers. We (laughs) have coffee He has some water, Um, but I, we could say like, yeah, we like, this was my first podcast ever. And that was a meaningful thing. And like, that's so cool that this is now a block in our relationship. And I can point to the other things that I remember about our relationship with each other, as each of these were meaningful, like being a part of the very first think Better group. That was so cool, um, and that is a thing that we share in our history. And as we go forward in our relationship, there's more, more and more things. And if what you and I are both doing is co-creating meaning, and so we talk about all of the things that we share together, like maybe we just go out for like coffee. And we both get hot chocolates. And now we draw it back to remember when we were talking about getting hot chocolates together in the podcast. This is us weaving together a narrative. And now that hot chocolate is not just a blink of happiness, but it is like this meaningful thing in our relationship, which as I now talk about my life in a greater sense. Oh, and I've got this great relationship with Adam, who's a part of Effective Altruism, running this really cool podcast. And so, like, I tie together all of these different things. And so it takes my momentary happiness and makes it into something Deeper.
0: I like that. Um, so, what like that experience that you talked about, um, or at least for me traditionally, when I think of finding meaning, it's about maybe like doing grand grand things. Um, but what I'm hearing is like this was about like building a relationship with someone, and that and that just being cool. Um, I'm wondering, and a lot of the other examples you gave about um, like sitting, uh, being in that circle during the last Think Better session, yeah. and you finding meaning in that, yeah, um, like that one was was with people. I'm wondering if how much of it is just like spending time with others and like building relationships with others. I don't know. <laughs> There's probably no right answer, but uh,
1: like when you were in high school. Who'd you have lunch with? Uh, I'd have to think back. Um, Probably the same. It was the same group of friends. Yeah. Um, Can you tell me about things that happened during those lunch breaks? I mean, you were there for four, four years. Yeah.
0: Um, I haven't thought about it a lot. Um, I don't know if that's
1: what you're, you might be trying to get at. I'm just trying to think. Were there any like very meaningful moments that happened during those lunch breaks?
0: Um, I'm sure there were like a lot of, and if, if you mean by meaningful experience, like really, I would, I'm interpreting that as like good times or like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a part of my life that, like you said, for four years, I had lunch at high school and haven't thought about it in years, but there were probably a really a lot of cool, uh, fun times. So one that's coming to mind is there was like, um a plaza across the street from school.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and there was a Mr. Sub. And me and a few of our friends would sometimes work half of lunch in the Mr. Sub, helping make sandwiches and stuff. And uh, the lady who owned it would, like, pay us in in lunch. <gasps> That's so cool. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> she was awesome. Um, so that that comes to mind. Um, so, so how did that...
1: How did that experience, like in your life, affect who you are today?
0: Um, I'd have to think about it more. Probably, the more I think about it, the more maybe I'd realize that it's affected me in ways that let's think about it. it. Just feel a little
1: bit. I don't know. you had to guess.
0: Yeah. Um, So, um, Everly is the name of um, the woman who owned the store, and she was really nice, and she had like. A really fun personality yeah. so um, I'm sure she's Im- influenced me in ways um, I'd have to think about how um, I'm trying to think um, do you have any more like prompts or, or questions um, sorry your, your question was how how would
1: how that, did, experience-, how did that ex- experience affect you who you are today And it might be slight, but you might say, like, hmm, something about, like, working taught me a good work ethic, like, that you don't get a free lunch or something. (laughs) You could say something like that. Could be. You could say something like her kindness in the fact that she was able to, like, open up this experience to two random high school kids that she didn't know. Yeah. Or maybe was it you or your friend who created this deal? I don't remember. Yeah, Um, I don't think I was the first one. Yeah, but um,
0: maybe there's something in like she made it fun, right? Like she made like work fun, and there's definitely something there.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah. So I think like where I'd like to go with this is right now you creating the the narrative of what happened. It's not objectively true. And you could have spun a number of different stories from that same experience. And you could have actually told yourself that story, like, while it was happening, too. But you are now in the, like, in the present moment, creating meaning out of something that was, like, in the past. And that was kind of like a salient thing to do. So, and you're, so right now in the present, you are creating part of your story which is like things that are meaningful to you. And so you picked up this one thing. You could have done this to almost anything. You could have said, well, actually, I can't think of anything individually meaningful over those four years. But all in all, it taught me the lessons of friendship or something. You can you basically write something into your story from your past. Um, and it may be true, it may be not. And maybe a different version of you is writing a different story. And because you've written different stories, even though we're having it at the very same present moment, Your life could go in two different directions Um, so that thing in the past you actually are giving it more meaning by letting it like emerge into the present at the same time so now if you take that concept and you look at things in your life today and you instantly have that habit of like what does this mean to me and you can learn to recognize that in the moment I think there's something really powerful about creating things that are meaningful in the present moment and acknowledging how meaningful they are because even if you just say like this is more meaningful to me right now to a lot of other people if they're with you they might start pinging like oh this is meaningful to me too or oh is this meaningful if this is meaningful to him it's also meaningful to me and in that method like we can sort of that's like the first step to co-creating meaning I think yeah Hmm yeah i haven't
0: I hadn't thought about this concept of co-creating meaning before It's interesting um, you're saying like other people's meaning giving you meaning um, yeah I guess I've really thought about yeah I, I still don't know how how I th- think or feel about this concept of finding or creating meaning yeah um, I think I've probably thought more about. Like happiness um, and thinking about like how to be happy and um, being present has has been something that's emerged more and more um, There's a question of like how can you be present, yeah um like what can you do to be more present? I'm wondering how yeah, how this concept relates to finding meaning
1: um.
0: Like, so going back, I know I asked originally, like, how they're related. Like, do you think you can be happy and live a happy life without finding meaning? Do you think you can create meaning in life without being happy? Are they interconnected? Are they the same thing? How are they different?
1: Mm. I think we're, we're always creating meaning. Anytime you write a narrative about what something means to you, you're creating meaning, it would be very hard to live your life without having any coherent sense of history. But I think the difference is in how intentional you are about this. Um, the example is kind of like uh, like a, 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 a playwright and a play. Some people just feel like they're the actors on stage and they're just like doing things that they're just acting out the roles that are given to them. And in that sense, they might be, I would guess that they're less happy than someone who is also the playwright, because that would be the ability to write your own play, to write your own story and to basically say what is going on. And then like the stage after that, the co-creation would be like me and five buddies are writing a play together and it involves all of us and all these different things. It's not just me writing a play for my single character. It's all of us writing this play for a bunch of people, and that becomes even much more beautiful. But even when you're just the person acting in the play, you still get a sense that there's a play going on. Something is happening. It's just less intentional. And I think that you can find a lot more happiness if you learn to be a playwright, and you can write yourself a more meaningful and happier play. So, you might have already answered this, but...
0: Do you see them as as more so similar or or different like are they opposing and I don't know if there's a good answer for it, but between finding meaning and happiness yeah sorry do you okay do you see them as the same, and where are they different um and we couldn't move on from this because
1: I don't even know. I don't know <laughs> if I have an answer. Yeah. I would say meaning making is more of a process. Happiness is different ways that you measure a feeling at certain times.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this process of creating meaning or finding meaning. Yeah. Would you consider it relatively new? Like less than 500 years old? Or is this? Do you do you see this as a as
1: something that's always existed? Um, there was a time before time. There was a time when the human race didn't didn't have language or didn't have the concepts to understand that the past was different than the future. And so I think the creation of like real meaning making, or at least in my definition of it this morning, um, sort of comes from when humanity started to be like, wait, I was a different person from who I am now. And even as individuals, we change in our relationship to time. When, when you're a baby, you actually are still living entirely in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And when you're living entirely in the present moment, I don't believe you can create meaning. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think meaning has to do with storytelling and story creation. Hmm. And so as you become more and more able to do that as a skill, that is you magnifying your ability to um, create meaning. And so if you look at humanity back when we had these big myths and it was all oral, I imagine humanity's sense to meaning-making was slightly different than when we used to be able to write. Now we can write things down. Now we've got the Internet. Theoretically, the whole world can co-create meaning by like talking about things. So things that have arisen, like various movements on the Internet have arisen and become very meaningful to the grand narrative of society, and those are all co-created meanings. It's not one guy who's just like, hey, I'm going to write all this stuff, and everyone else is like, cool, I take this as meaning as well. Or he's like, this is what's meaningful to me, and everyone else is like, yeah. No, it's like this iterative thing where thousands of people are contributing little pieces to things, and now humanity has this thing that feels meaningful to a large portion, and it's bumping up against other things. It's getting like say the intellectual dark web, I don't know why that's salient for me right now, but that was a thing that happened and it bumped up against this other movement. And now the other movement, when it tells its history, it's like, yeah, and we have this relationship to the intellectual dark web. And then somebody else is like, and I have this relationship to it. And as people describe their relationships, that's again, creating stories, creating meaning from bumping up against this other thing. And the thing they're bumping up is not just like a human or something. It's, Another co-created meaning so we can look at all of these different narratives that are bumping up into each other and I think that that's a more new thing in in history yeah
0: so Um, the previous episode I did was on meditation. Yeah, um, and there was talk about how Happy uh, meditation can help you become more present, which is key to being happy um And then you spoke about how um like in, in the past, um, before we had language and stuff, maybe we were, we were always present, but um, we didn't have the ability to think about, reflect really on the past much or think about the future. Um, and as a result, you said you thought there was maybe less meaning in their lives. I'm wondering if that means, do you think now that they are in conflict, if, if you take the assumption that happiness is about being present, and finding meaning is about reflecting on the past and maybe
1: thinking about the future. I think I'll I'll ground this out in my own personal experience. Okay. Um so I did the ten day Vipassana retreat uh exactly a year ago. Um I meditate every day. And I have been practicing mindfulness. Um I notice when I go outside, I notice the sky more. I notice how the light strikes everything. Maybe that's like from my photography background, but I am able to notice and experience body sensations. Oh, there's a nice breeze. Oh, I wore my like long underwear and this is just like really comfortable for me right now. And so I am actually taking joy in all of these sensations, which maybe on a micro level is me self-narrating what is going on in the present. Right. There's a version of me that never learned to meditate and just walks around the world and doesn't notice any of these things. I'm still affected by the temperature. I'm still affected by the views that are coming into my eyes. But at the moment, I am not saying anything about it. I'm not noticing it. And because I don't notice it, it does not affect me. So maybe presence is the ability to notice the world and let it affect you in a particular way. So I guess what
0: I'd say is when I walk home from this, um, from our conversation, I could be really present and take in the cold weather and how it feels on my skin and take in the surroundings and be very present. Or more likely, I'm going to reflect on this conversation and be like, oh, didn't Orion enjoy it? What else could I have said? And those are, I think, important, like you're, identif- like you're saying, to reflect is is important. But I kind of see them as it's hard to do both, at least for me. Um, is one better than the other? Um, and yeah, does this mean that like, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> wrap this around in my head.
1: Um, I think, what, what I, would you, I think I would leave you with a different set of advice. I'm not sure if one's better than the other because both are affecting you. You are, if, if you have this mindful moment, this, you step outside, you're onto the street you're just starting to notice that it's like this beautiful morning. It's kind of gray, but like there is a beauty in it. But you're also like, oh, my my brain is going back to the conversation. And you have the space to make a decision about what you want to think about. You are choosing what is now meaningful for you. Wherever you place your attention, that is the thing that is going to be more saliently written into your story. You are the author. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, yeah, so you
0: say, you were saying like, wherever I end up placing my attention is where the meaning is. Um, It's where you're making meaning Where I'm making meaning. Um, But I think about like, how people spend time, I guess there's a question of whether anything is objectively good or bad, but um, there's things that people do that most people would agree are not good for them. Yeah. Yeah. and maybe they'll later find meaning in that ex- in that negative experience, um, but maybe I lost my train of thought on where <laughs> I was going with this. Um, what was what were you previously saying? Sorry, um, do you remember?
1: I think uh, so. We can actually keep going in this conversation, which okay. would be like if I had a tip for listeners right now, um, in terms of the act of mindfulness, but also meaning making would be if you can build the habit to notice that, the, that you're living in a part of a narrative right now, like you're in at every moment, you're creating your own narrative. Like you're living out on a stage of life. And if you can notice that and you're able to ask yourself the question of like, what is the meaning that is coming out of this moment right now? That to me is like the meaningful the, me- the meaning making mindfulness um, when I'm in a group with my friends and I'm thinking about wow, this is so special that like we're sharing this connection you can enhance that meaning making by mentioning it when you're outside and the sun is shining you can enhance the meaning making by saying wow, it's so nice out here I'm so glad that I learned to be mindful this is like a thing in my life that brings me joy um, or I'm just having a great day because I'm noticing all of these things or say it's a shitty day and you're out and you're like biking and it's raining and you're like, ah, I am, I am this like cool person. That's so self-reliant that I'm biking in the rain and I'm the kind of person that is like mindful of this and I have the ability to meaning make, I don't know. You're going in this upward spiral of like creating these positive narratives for yourself, which both make you happier. And as you tie them into larger grand narratives of who you are as a person, end up feeling, especially on collection, much more meaningful. All of those like lunchtime conversations that you had, imagine if at the time you were mindful of how these were connecting into a self-narrative. You might be able to strengthen it and create even more meaning at the time. And you can do that in your present moment now.
0: So I think there's like validity in what you're saying, but I also wonder if that, if there's, if it's possible that that would have taken away from that present moment that I had back then and, and like affected that experience in any sort of like negative way. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I see, I guess I wonder if, if being present and reflecting on things are, in opposition or if you, I don't know. Um, And this kind of relates to the other question you almost chose about um, how much time should we spend thinking about the past, present and future? Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) Very much related. Um, But yeah, like we, we definitely spend to your point about since we've developed language and all these things or just throughout the history of humans, we're spending more time thinking about the past and future than
1: we did previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I can add one other thing into okay. this. Yeah. Um, which is like, as I'm reading these adult development theories, I'm get, I'm honing in on sort of where I am, where my learning edges, where the stages above me are sort of looking. And so the thing that I do not yet do but have been hinted at something that I will begin to do as I continue to move closer towards wisdom is to encompass the past present is to encompass the past and the future in a much more, in a much deeper sense. Um, so right now, like I think five to 10 years in the future, sometimes I think about like, Oh, what'll, what will it be like when I have grandkids and what kind of old man will I be? But not a ton, but there's people out there that actually look into their past and they say, my grandparents' lives affected me. And they're able to draw their, their sense of meaning and their personal narrative back several generations and forward several, several generations. Not just, what is the future of my life? How do the things that I do today affect me five years from now? How do they affect my children? How do they affect the world five generations from now? And so I think as we continue on our path of development throughout life, we end up sensing meaning further into the past and the future. Hmm. And so I can tell you, like, most of my life is spent largely in the present moment. Or I tell really rich narratives about the past several years for me and into the future for the next couple of years. But it really trails off. And so I am occasionally upon reflecting. And when I remember to reflect, I try to reflect even further into the past and even further into the future. Hmm. I'll try that,
0: because um, yeah, I haven't I haven't experimented with reflecting on things in the far past. Um, usually, when I'm reflecting, it's on
1: maybe stuff earlier in the day.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. So yeah, I'll
1: think more about that. I'm just feeling like what What does that feel like to be feeling like you are really embedded in a place in history? I don't know. <laughs> yeah that's I don't know either that's that's my learning edge right now yeah. interesting
0: so yeah that's what I was going to ask you and so that's one question you have what are what are some other questions or thing uh, other questions you have about this topic of finding meaning or what are some of the unanswered um, questions or things you're
1: pondering mm-hmm. so I consider these two tracks which are possibly the same thing but One is the continued creation of meaning in my life. And how do I get better at the act of creating meaning? The other one is wisdom. How do I move myself in adult development? How do I learn and grow as a human being until I hit stages that are closer to like wisdom, enlightenment, awakening, those types of things? And so as I consider those in my journey, I am trying to cultivate something um, called an ecology of practices. There's a whole bunch of different communities in the world that do different things and they teach their communities different approaches to meaning-making, different paths towards wisdom, authentic relating, um, uh, various meditation schools, um, effective altruism, rationality. Each of these communities has their own approach to this is the plateau, this is where you can go and here's how you can get there. So what I'm doing is I'm going around to these different communities and seeing what I can take from each of them what do I learn from each of these different communities that I will incorporate into my daily practice? So, you know, I've done a lot in the rationality space. I've done a little bit in the meditation mindfulness space. I want to do more in authentic relating. Um, and as I pull together these ideas, they all, each of these different practices helps me attain something closer to wisdom levels. It's pushing me forward in my sense of personal development, and it gives me a whole bunch of different approaches to meaning making. Authentic relating allows me to co-create meaning with other people. There's entire communities that are based off of this principle. And it is magical the kinds of things that they're able to do with each other. And I can barely see the things that they're doing. But I know that there's levels above me that are like, I can actually see the meaning being created in this group right now. Or unintentionally being created. And that's a skill that I want to develop. Um, The presentness. Like in mindfulness how do i how do i make more meaning out of every present moment and how do i gain the ability to reframe the present real time because i want to be creating my meaning as i'm going along and i want to write myself a better narrative for myself at any given point that comes with noticing the present and i don't know how to do the past thing yet maybe there's a community out there that i haven't discovered that is really good at talking about the past and weaving that into your sense of like self right now I imagine maybe some social justice movements or something that talk about like privilege and really like paying homage to context or something um, might be an important way of doing that I'm not sure yet so my meta level like question for myself right now is what are the communities and what are the practices that I want to spend my time on nowadays that are going to give me the best sense of meaning making in all of these different facets
0: how are you for time? I know we're past the original 7.45. Are you okay or just um, let me... I'm happy me... to keep going. Are you sure? Yes. What time do you want to wrap up by?
1: Uh, Well, whenever feels good to you. This feels like a good, like, culminating thing, so maybe we'll tackle maybe one more question or something. Okay. Unless you've got a whole bunch more burning things, like, I've still got coffee left, so I'm happy to keep chatting.
0: Um... Well, one question that came from that was, so I heard you want to get better at um, creating meaning and finding communities that will help with that. Um, Going back to what is it about creating meaning? Is it about finding happiness and satisfaction for yourself? Is it about um, like... Do you think that creating that meaning will allow you to positively impact others more? Um, is it about leaving a legacy? Is it a combination of those? How do you see that? Like the, the reason for the... Why is creating meaning important? It feels like a terminal value to me. Okay.
1: Yeah. Because? Like if you're like, why do you create meaning? I can make a bunch of post hoc generalizations and I can answer your question and say, Oh, I think the world is going to be a better place if we all learn to co-create meaning together. Cause then we wouldn't do things like destroying the planet. Okay. We have to be mindful of our effects. We would be able to better shape our actions to fit the context that we're in. Um, and do this as a society on a societal level. I think that that's going to be very important in game B or humanity 3.0. Um, is learning to co-create meaning with people but that's not why i'm doing it okay it just feels good to me like it feels meaningful like hey like this is almost mirroring at the beginning of our our podcast which is what if i didn't do this what would what what would it mean if i didn't ascribe meaning to anything would I just go back into being that passive actor and like lose my sense of agency? I guess it would be, I guess it's kind of contrasting with nihilism, which is there is no meaning. Mm. Nihilistic people are generally much less happy than people who feel like they have meaningful lives. If I had to pick between me as a, a person who is like this master meaning making machine and someone who said there is no meaning life feels directionless there's no good or evil. There's no reason why I would pick one thing over another. I would much strongly I like I would not want to be that nihilist. So is it fair to say it's a terminal value because you think it's key to being happy and
0: you think it'll it could help others be happy, happier?
1: Um like, I didn't say any of that. Like, well, I don't you, have so any. Said, need for happiness, but like, you said it feels like a good people thing. are much less happy. Yeah. So the word happy was brought up. Yeah, true. I guess I do want to be a more happy person, but that doesn't feel like the goal of it. Like, there are things that I undertake because they are meaningful, even though short term it doesn't make me happy. Right. Although, potentially, my ability to find meaning in things that aren't immediately like making me happy. Um, is because I know there's going to be this larger payoff in, like, net heat-ons, like, in terms <laughs> of the overall utility of happiness that I am long-term feeling because of this ability to create meaning from it. Hmm. Huh. That also feels correct, so maybe there's some, there's definitely something in there that meaning-making will make me a happier person. Right. Um, it was not consciously something that I was, like, shooting for. Got
0: it. Let me just see if there were any other questions I had that, that I would regret not asking you right now. Mm,
1: I like that framing. <laughs> I could also ask you. Yeah. Um, what is like the most salient takeaway that you're getting from this conversation?
0: Um. So right now, the, the I guess the biggest unanswered question still for me is, are finding meaning and happiness one and the
1: same? How are they related? Um, why is that a question in your head? I think there's been a couple times that you've sort of brought it back to that. Yeah. And I'm curious about why. Why? Because
0: um, I think... I think... A life where you're happier is it feels like a good thing to me Um, not gonna argue (laughs) yeah and it it would if I'm happier I'm probably more likely to help others and which would make them more likely to be happy so that seems important Um, and the finding meaning aspect like it seems like a lot of reflecting And I'm wondering if that's something that I want to do more or less of. I think there's this like what I've taken from your view is that there's a lot of merit in reflecting. And I totally agree with that. Um, But there feels to me like maybe there's a downside in that like reflecting. I'm wondering if it's also like your mind sometimes wandering like um, I'm trying to. I think it's important to be present. And we've, I think we've established that over time, we've spent less time in the present. We were saying hundreds or thousands of years ago, it was only in the present. So like, what is the right amount of balance? If I walk home and I'm not taking in anything around me because I'm totally like dialed in on reflecting on this conversation, there's good and bad in that. And maybe there's no right answer, but that's that's what's coming to mind now and Mm. i think over time probably other things will come to mind but that's that's what i'd say
1: yeah yeah huh
0: what about you any any one one thing that came to mind through the conversation
1: or anything you want to wrap up on yeah so like this whole conversation is has been really helpful for me to consolidate a bunch of these thoughts um I think we started off a little rocky in terms of like, I was like, I'm trying to give this one definition or something. It's not really working for me right now. Um, But then fairly quickly, we fell into this cadence where it was like, you asked me a question that I didn't know the answer to. And I had to think about it. Like, what is death? And then from there, it put, it opened my mind into this more creative space where I've actually been able to draw a bunch of new insights in my own thoughts about meaning making. I think I've been watching a lot of Vrveiki podcasts or uh, YouTube videos, listening to a lot of podcasts, hearing other people's thoughts on meaning making that I haven't done a lot of thinking about it for myself. And I didn't know whether I had anything unique to contribute to the conversation. What's what's
0: Vrveiki, sorry?
1: Uh, John Vrveiki is a professor at U of T who he's running a YouTube series called Awakening from the Meaning Crisis. Cool. Yeah, if you've got uh, 50 hours of your time, definitely check it out. Or even just one, listen to the first one, and you'll be like, this is really cool stuff. I'll see if it piques my interest. Yeah, but I feel like I've added to the conversation about meaning-making in this podcast, and I'm going to be happy to like send this link out to people. Thanks. Um, because I feel like we've talked about some cool things in a very practical sense. And so I think my main takeaway is this really nice reframe about... How meaning links to happiness, how learning to create meaning making or to to do real time meaning making might contribute to your overall happiness and that that is a different perspective on mindfulness. And so I think I might actually take away some of these concepts, build it into some lessons and like practices that I can then share with the Think Better community and demo this out with like hey for the next class of 15 people let's try out this activity for a week and see what happens let's all regroup next week and be like what was that like for you yeah cool and i'm gonna do that more for myself as well
0: cool well thanks again appreciate it cool yeah thanks so much for uh, having this conversation no problem thanks again for tuning into can i ask you a question If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening from so that more people like you can discover it. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on any ideas you have for improving future conversations using the link in this episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time.